0: Learn more at marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. The Warriors are 1-0 and oh in 2022. They beat the Utah Jazz in Utah, 123-116, without their heart and soul, Draymond Green. And I got to say, like, this game I was very, very curious about because the Jazz, they were the best team in the NBA during the regular season last year, and they faltered in the playoffs. Everybody says they're not really built for the playoffs. And after a an okay start this season, they've come on strong, and they've been third place in the West for a while. So without Draymond, but with Andrew Wiggins back, with... Jordan Poole back. I was curious to see what would happen. And I got to tell you, barring some crazy injuries for the Warriors, I don't worry about the Utah Jazz. I'm not scared of the Utah Jazz for this team, largely because, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the Jazz are a very, very good, solid team. They play very efficient team basketball. They have a lot of good players and everything. But Yeah, they just don't seem like a team that's going to beat not just the Warriors, but the Suns or the Bucks or the Nets or anyone like that. They just have a ceiling. You know, Shaq last season questioned whether or not Donovan Mitchell was that guy. And I don't know if he is or isn't, but, you know, until he gets to that next level, that top tier this Utah Jazz team is going to just tease their fans for a while. You know what I mean? They're much like the Atlanta Hawks team back in 2014, 2015, that was pretty much at the top of the NBA with the Warriors that year, the first title year. But then they they faded, you know? They just had solid pieces, but they ended up losing to the Cavs easily in the playoffs. So I see the same fate for the Utah Jazz. And again, don't get me wrong. They're a good team, but their chance, their window of opportunity might have closed now that the Warriors are back to being who they are. They had an opportunity last year, and they just did not take advantage of it. And now they're pretty much the same team as they were last year, going up against better top-tier teams, right? The Warriors, the Suns, the Bucks, the Nets, like I said before. Anything could happen, of course, right? Like I'm not saying that. I've seen way too much basketball, and I've lived enough to see that anything can happen in life. But just odds are this is not a team that like has that X factor or those intangibles that you're concerned about. I mean, for example, like you're always going to be like, Looking at the Los Angeles Lakers out of the corner of your eye because they have LeBron James, because they have a bunch of guys who've been there, done that. You know, this Utah Jazz team does not. I mean, Mike Conley is a great player, but he's like the epitome of this team, right? He is somebody who would always like just get there, but then not get over the hump, largely because his Grizzlies would always run into Steph's Warriors. So, kind of the same story here. A couple of interesting things to note about this game. The Warriors, they rolled out Otto Porter Jr., Angel Wiggins, Kevon Looney, Steph, and GP2. Jordan Poole was back from his seemingly endless stint with COVID protocols, and he came off the bench. He played 17 minutes, you know? I guess they're trying to work him in a little bit, but he came off the bench, he didn't start, and that might be the end of Jordan Poole starting. Klay Thompson is coming back soon, probably within a couple weeks. So he's going to be starting no matter what. And I guess at this point, maybe Steve Kerr and the coaching staff, they're just trying to get Jordan Poole accustomed to that role, which makes sense. But it's kind of a bummer because I enjoyed seeing Jordan Poole as a starter. Not that I wanted him to start over Clay. I love Clay. I want to see him start. But just the fact that he was out for 10 days or whatever, it's kind of a bummer that we didn't get to see that a little bit more, you know, that he didn't get to experience the starter minutes just for another week and a half or two, you know? We'll see what happens down the road. I'm sure there's going to be games where Clay sits, of course, just to get rest and to maintain his health. So I'm sure we'll see Poole probably start a few games here and there, spot games. Andrew Wiggins had a pretty solid game overall. He was 9 for 19, 4 of 6 from 3 had 25 points. He was great in the first half. Hitting threes has become his thing, which is crazy, right? He's shooting 42.5% on the season. And that's really impressive. He went cold in the third quarter when Utah made their move, but he hit some clutch shots in the fourth and pretty much like played solid defense. Yeah, man, like echoing Aram in Toronto on our New Year's resolution episode from yesterday. Let's make Andrew Wiggins an all-star. I would love to see that. That'd be awesome. Like he, I don't know, he he deserves it. I'm sure there's other excellent wings this season, but on the best team in the league, you got to have at least two guys, maybe three, right? So Steph, Draymond, and hopefully... Fingers crossed, maybe Wiggins, you know, that, that would just be kind of cool for him and a good sign of how far he's come just as a player, a team player and an all around NBA talent. I saw two official Andrew Wiggins fist pump moments, which I'm always looking for because I just love when that guy shows any kind of emotion. And oftentimes he does it when someone else on the team makes a play. Not necessarily when he makes a shot or gets fouled or anything like that. He did it when Otto Porter Jr. hit that fadeaway two-pointer from the wing with like three minutes, 49 seconds left. I saw a little fist pump. He got like, you know, shouted something to Otto Porter Jr. And then also when Iguodala hit that late three in the fourth, you know. So he fist pumped and that kind of emotion that kind of support of his teammates and that shows that he cares and that his mind is in the right place and that winning matters very, very much to him, which had been a knock on him for years. Andre Gudala, 24 minutes, 12 points, plus 12, five for seven from the field, two for three from three. And those were two huge shots. He is shooting terribly from three this season. But his second shot, his second three that went in, that was that was a killer. You know, that was like, what, the final minute of the game. And it put the Warriors up a good chunk and pretty much sealed the deal. You know, Utah had a couple of baskets and fouled Steph a couple of times, but it was pretty much over at that point. He had eight assists and seven boards. I love watching Andre Godalla play and I'm honestly going to miss him a lot when he's retired and not on the court anymore. He has such a flair for the game when he plays, when he's so smart on the court. He's just really fun to watch when he's out there playing like this. He doesn't look like he's about to turn 38 years old. So as much as you want to enjoy Steph Draymond and Clay, when he's back, you want to enjoy them in their primes. Remember when you watch these games to enjoy Andre Iguodala because he won't be around much longer. Hopefully, I would love to see him back one more season, but who knows? There's a long way to go. The thought was that maybe this was going to be his last season, but you know, if you could squeeze in another one, just to be there, and you know, he's such an important part of this Warriors era. I dig his celebrations, too. His celebrations after he dunks and after he hits a three. I mean, the dude's fun to watch, for sure. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone is going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, Otto Porter Jr., he had 20 points. 9 for 14, 2 for 4 from 3. 7 boards, 8 assists as well. He had 3 steals. And... Here's the thing about Otto Porter Jr., right? Like, the difference between having him play for Draymond in this game as opposed to someone like JTA, who would have subbed in for Draymond if this had happened last season, is that Otto Porter Jr. has been a very, 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 very good NBA player. So the performances that he's been having as of late, while he wouldn't be able to sustain that, for a whole season, right? But in these spot moments, he can summon that from the past. Aaron mentioned something about like, you know, these guys have it in their muscle memory, you know, they have it in their just experience, like in their minds. So he can go out there and give this effort, you know, whereas like as much as I love JTA, he wouldn't be able to do what Otto Porter Jr. did. So again, just highlighting how important it is that the warriors have a bunch of legitimate nba role players on this team as opposed to last season where they had a lot of developmental guys a lot of journeymen a lot of dudes who were really really young so like auto porter jr like bielitsa Igodala, their performances continue to highlight how valuable they really really are to this team again not just on a night-to-night basis in terms of what they can just contribute on the fringes but being able to step up and pull a game like this out of thin air. But yeah, overall, this was a great win. Utah, even though I don't think they have a very high ceiling, they're a very, very experienced, solid, solid team, and they know how to come at you. They're professionals. They're pros. They're veterans. So in that third quarter, even though the Warriors had a lot of miscues on their own, the Jazz forced some of that. They played better defense. They executed, and they got the lead. They made it a real game. So that's something that, again, some of these newer guys, on the Warriors, need to learn to face. I mean, the NBA is a game of runs. It always has been. You knew that when the Warriors were up 14, the game was not going to be over. And props to Utah for scratching and clawing and fighting back. But again, a good game for The young guys, the newer guys who haven't been on these championship runs or deep playoff runs, a good game for them to experience and build on. And I just got to say too, like Gary Payton II, I've talked about him a lot this season and he just continues to impress me because more often than not, that dude just makes the right play. He executes. He might not have to make a ton of decisions on the court per se, but when he gets the ball, he knows what to do with it right? Like he has great touch around the basket. He can dunk it. He can pass out of it. He can move the ball in the Warriors offense. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed every single time. That dude has quickly, quickly looked like he's belonged more and more every game. I mean, he proved he belonged early on this season, but that's real, you know, that's not an outlier. So props to him. And it was great to see the Warriors defense, right? Like we were wondering how the Warriors would look without Draymond you know, against a very good team and who would step up. And, you know, the Warriors culture, I mean, what Draymond has given that team in terms of defense and how they play and how he's brought up and influenced the other guys, that's there. You know, I mean, you definitely need him back as soon as possible, but that is part of the Warriors culture. And it was great to see them play with that fire. They let the rope slip, they let it go, but they pulled it back and they won. You know, it it helps that this was the first game since that really, really like bad Denver game where they got down by 24, you know, and they had an extra day because the second Nuggets game in Denver was canceled. So they were fresher, but good job making up for the lack of energy against the Nuggets previously and bringing this one home. And it was fun to see a lot of Warriors fans in Utah. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. Like, There were a lot of MVP chants for Steph. And then I guess the Jazz fans were kind of drowning those out. Then all of a sudden you started hearing boos. I think Steph missed a free throw, but, you know, whatever. Also, I was watching the Utah Jazz feed and I was listening to their announcers. And yes, all announcers, home announcers are biased, but I got to say that the Jazz announcers were not that bad. I actually found them relatively reasonable. You know, they're very pro jazz, but their broadcast showed a lot of Warriors highlights, which you don't see like from opposing teams very often. And they very much sung the praises of a lot of the Golden State players, obviously Steph, but also Andre Guadalla and Otto Porter Jr. and Andrew Wiggins. And I appreciate that, you know, because I came away with the impression that they just enjoy good basketball. And so when this Warriors team rolls through town. That's what you get to see. Not too much homerism. Yes, there's some, but like not as much as I've seen with other teams and maybe even the Warriors' own broadcasters. So the Warriors are now 28 and seven. They play Miami at home on Monday. Then they travel to Dallas, New Orleans, get Cleveland at home. You know, wondering where Clay is going to come back. I'm guessing maybe the Cleveland game on the ninth. But if it's not then, then it will most likely be the Detroit game on January 18th. So we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, whenever he comes back is all good. We all want to see him healthy and we don't want to rush him. So whatever it takes, take your time. We're all enjoying watching this Warriors team grow and come into its own as a new squad. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com, and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friend to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify and say nice stuff about us in a review wherever you can.